Welcome to the Holy Spirit's Curriculum of Joy podcast. I'm Wanaka Oberuber, your host, and today I have a guest, Myron Jones. Hi. Hi. So, today we have the pleasure of learning from Myron Jones' experiences, as she has been a long-time course student and teacher. Correct? Yes, about... This is my 39th year. Yes, that's a long time, so we can all profit from it. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I, I suggest we start by you introducing your way to the course and how it has changed your life. Well, I, I was led to the course in, a, in an interesting way. I had, uh, I had been attending a unity group not um not a a church because we didn't have a church we were too small but we had a group that met and um I, all of a sudden i just started hearing in my mind holy spirit it just started kept coming to me the idea of holy spirit well i was raised catholic and holy spirit wasn't really it was not anything real to me it was just a word the third part of the Trinity. I didn't really have any idea about why I kept hearing that. So I started experimenting, going to different churches, trying to figure out why I kept having that thought. But nothing clicked. So I was at the Unity group, and um, our the person in charge had suggested that we attend a meeting about A Course in Miracles. And the person who was leading it was someone I liked a lot. So I thought, oh, why not? You know, so I did. And at the end of the talk, which was very short and didn't say a lot that attracted my attention, I just knew I had to have that book. And it wasn't until later that I realized that she kept talking about the Holy Spirit. And I kind of put it together. Oh, I see. I was just given this clue <laughs> that when I found the Course in Miracles, that it would be what I wanted. And so subconsciously, when I heard the Holy Spirit, you know, I was drawn to it. And I started reading it and I loved it. I just loved it. I could, every, every once in a while, I would stop reading and I would think, why do I believe this? You know, why am I interested in this? But I, I had no answer for it. I just knew that I loved what I was reading. And um, so I studied with a group for a little while, then moved away and, and studied on my own mostly until, oh, I don't know, maybe 10 years later, I felt another prompt. And this one was that I needed to really apply myself to the course because up until that point, you know, I was at a family, raising children, working. And so it was kind of an on again, off again effort. Mm -hmm. So I never put it down. And, um, and so with this prompt, I had the thought, well, what I need is something with structure 
something that will help me get started on this idea of, um, of really applying the course. I needed something in my life, I felt. My children were nearly grown. My last, my last child was, was going to be, he was going to be grown soon. And, and I just felt like I needed something important in my life, something to apply myself to. And of course, in miracles was the only other thing that ever meant anything to me. So, so I, uh, so I, I had that thought that I wished I had structure. Well, just very, very shortly after that, uh, I got my first computer and discovered what everybody else already knew all about the internet. And, and I was just experimenting. I had no idea about any of this stuff. I knew nothing about this technology. And so just, I knew I had to put something up in that search bar. And so I put A Course in Miracles just to see if anything came up. And I, of course I was just, <laughs> I was overwhelmed with stuff. I was just so shocked, you know, because when I started studying the course, so few people knew about it. And even if you found someone else that was doing it, you know, it was, it was you, the first question was, how did you even find this? And so now to see that there was so much information out there and so many people doing it, it was exciting. And the, the first link that I clicked on, it was a forum where people were arguing about what it, something meant in the course. And I thought, oh, that's not, that's not what I learned from A Course in Miracles. So I, I clicked the second link and it was Pathways of Light very gentle, very kind, uh, with a strong emphasis on going within and finding your own answers. And, but the, and I was very comfortable there and I thought, okay, this is what I, this is what I learned from the course. And more importantly, perhaps, is that they offered courses. And I, and that was just what I asked for. And at this time I was not used to the idea that, that there was something guiding me every step of the way. And so I was just so surprised. I said, that's just what I asked for was structure. This will give me structure. And so I started taking the courses and it, it just happened that I, well, I say it just happened. I don't think anything just happens. As Jesus says in the course, our life is not random. But I started taking the ministerial courses without realizing that I would be a minister. <laughs> and um, by the time I took a second course, I, I realized that that's what was happening. And I thought, oh, that's crazy. What would I do with that? You know, what? why would I even want to do that? But there was something in me that just went, yes, yes. And so I said, okay. So I finished those courses and then they had other courses, that, which were very specific to studying A Course in Miracles. And I continued to take those. So my life completely. You know, my, my life from the moment I picked up A Course in Miracles changed. But from that point where I started applying it more uh, consistently and, and really making it a part of my life, that practice, which is what uh, Pathways brought me to, was a, a real practice, an everyday practice. Everything changed. And I went from being a a very depressed and unhappy person and truly depression 
being unhappy, being angry a lot, a lot of fear and guilt. And I went from that to gaining a steady shift toward happiness and toward peace. Was it's um and when I when I think back on the way that I was before and the way that it is for me now, it's just extraordinary. It's amazing that this happened in the way that it did. And it was a for me it was a very gentle step by step process. It was always it was slow, but it was very steady and it gave my mind time to adjust to a new way of thinking. I'm very grateful. Very grateful for that. Wonderful. Yeah. Maybe you would like to describe some of the processes you went through. One of the first things that changed when I started studying the courses of Pathways is that they have a little magazine called Miracle News. And I started receiving that magazine and I could see that it was other ministers who were uh, just talking about their everyday life experiences with the course. And I thought I should do that. You know, I should share if, I, you know, that's, I get a lot out of this. I should share. And so I decided that I would write an article and I've never, I had never been able to write before I tried. I'd had one article with unity magazine, which was felt to me like a fluke because every time I tried to write after that, it didn't work. But I remembered that when I wrote that article for Unity Magazine, that I had prayed before I wrote it. I had asked God to guide me in my writing. So I said, okay, that's what I'll do now. And so I asked the Holy Spirit, you know, just guide me. Tell me what you want me to write about and help me to write it. And, and that began a process of, journal, of journaling. Just, and that I've been keeping a journal for ever since. And I do it with my lessons as well. I ask, I read the lesson, I write down what I think it means, and then I ask the Holy Spirit to help me to go more deeply, to get more clarity about it. And then I write some more. And sometimes it feels like a message, you know, kind of like a channeling. Mm-hmm. And uh, but most of the time it's just inspired, you know. It's just I I write, but I write better and and deeper and with more clarity than I would if I were just writing by myself. And so I've kept those journals for years with my lessons, and I I have a group on Facebook. Um, AC and study of the daily lessons and I and I write uh, I post there every day and I have for several years now and then other people you know uh, post as well and comment so that was one thing and the other important thing that happened is I, I got a book from written by Dan by Dan Joseph and it's called uh, Inner Healing and it's just a real simple little book where he, he uses three steps from A Course in Miracles, three steps to watch your thoughts. And so you watch your thoughts, you recognize, you know, which ones are, are not helping you. 
and you give those thoughts to the Holy Spirit and then you accept his healing. And so it's just very, very simple. But I thought, you know, I could do this. And so I started the practice and it's like every day, every day, all day long. The first day I did it, it felt like somebody kind of beat me up because I had no idea. I had so many, so many negatives, so many untrue thoughts in my mind. I thought I was doing pretty good having been with Unity for a good while. And that's their, their focus, you know, is on your thoughts and, you know, changing your, changing your thoughts. But using that three-step process, I saw there were so many thoughts that needed to be undone. So that's um. So I just continued that practice, and I keep that practice even to today. And that was many years ago. Yeah. So that's been the most helpful thing that I've done in my practice is to be very, very aware of my thoughts, to be vigilant for my thoughts. I walk. I watch them like a hawk. And as soon as I see something that isn't true that isn't helpful, that isn't in alignment with my thoughts with God, then I, I give it to the Holy Spirit and I, I tell him that I'm not interested in those thoughts anymore and that I want my mind to be healed. Because that's my part, you know, is to, is to want a clear mind. That's my part, to not want that thought. And then the Holy Spirit does the rest. And all I have to do is accept it. And I accept it to the best of my ability. And, and if it's not complete, then it comes back and I get another chance. And I do it again and I do it until, until I give them my mind a chance to accept this is a new way. This is how we're going to think now. <laughs> we're not going to use that. Or when you might think of it as, I don't know, like making new neural pathways, you know, I'm, I'm leaving the old pathway in which I kept this grievance, in which I thought grievances were necessary, were of value to me and now I'm making a new neural pathway that says I will accept no grievances. And so so I just continue that practice and that's the main practice I have. Beautiful, beautiful. So the that practice and the sharing practice, right? Yes. Main practice. Yes. Those are the asking Holy Spirit um, to direct my my writing, and then I also work with other students, other course students, and I facilitate people through their courses. I work with these as a mind healing partner with these other courses and do some spiritual counseling, that kind of thing. So even in my speaking, I ask Holy Spirit the same thing. You know, you be in charge. You speak through me. You give me the words you want me to use. So that's a constant thing for me. Yes, that's very, very helpful. I think many will profit from it. Maybe we want to go into some of the situations that you probably thought were a crisis or a hard time and how this practice helped you through them. <clears throat> oh, yeah. You know, everything in my life becomes an opportunity for me to... Um, uh, clear my mind to awaken, and so I had a, I have had many things that have shifted through this practice. One of them was 
in 2000, I divorced my husband. And we'd had a very contentious marriage for a long time. I knew that it was time for the marriage to end because everything that needed to happen occurred without much effort on my part. Everything was very smooth, one thing after another. <clears throat> and so when I divorced him, I was actually very happy. The marriage had run its course. I couldn't think of anything else I could do. I kept asking spirit, you know, I said, I don't want to leave this undone. If there's any way I can, anything else that I can do, then please help me to do it. And of course, there were things that could have been done within that marriage, but there were not things I could have done at that time. And so, so I divorced him and was surprised to discover that you can divorce a body, but you cannot divorce a relationship. And so that relationship stayed in my mind in the form of a grievance, of thought, you know, that kept occurring in my mind toward him, memories of things that had happened and anger would come up, resentment. And so I said, okay, I get it. I'm going to have to heal this relationship. And so I kept doing that work with the, with the relationship. But every time a thought would come up, about something he had said or done that upset me. And that was that memory was still in my mind because it was unhealed. And so I just kept bringing it to Holy Spirit. And it took, it took about a year before I began to have a more neutral feeling toward the relationship. And it took longer than that before it was fully healed. But then it was, it was completely and totally healed. He and I are on very friendly terms now. When he got married, they had um, a little while there when they couldn't find the man who was supposed to do the wedding and he was being done at his house. And you can't just get, you can't get just anybody to come do that. And most ministers won't, it has to be in their church and you have to belong to the church. And so he was talking to me about it. And I said, well, I know it feels kind of weird, but, you know, I'll do that for you if you want me to. And he said, oh, you were the first one I thought of. So we, it, as it turned out, they, the minister that they had asked for, he showed up. But it would just show the degree of healing that occurred in that. And he didn't do anything. To, you know, that's kind of a fallacy that I wow. had. That we Very had to work beautiful. together. To be able to feel that yeah. degree of love after having ended a relationship in the bodies of bodies. Yes, it is. It is. And I had other relationships because it of course in miracles is a lesson in relationships. So I had other relationships <laughs> that had yes. been difficult but that have that have been since healed in the <laughs> Yes. It's all about relationships in the Course in Miracles. Yes. Sorry. I think that there's a lot of people using <laughs> net right now. <laughs> oh, yes. In this, in this specific time with the yes. stay-at-home rules. Yes. And I'm, I'm using A Course in Miracles at this time as well because it is a scary time. Yes. 
I don't know how things are where you are, but here in the U.S., there's a lot of the virus. And, and, and where I live, it's particularly the level is very high. Okay. And New Orleans is like, um, I don't live in New Orleans, but I, I live in Louisiana, but my son lives in New Orleans. And there's so much, there's so much of the, of the virus in New Orleans, probably because right when it began, um, people began to be infected, there was Mardi Gras which there were probably, there were over a million people that came to Mardi Gras. Everybody standing very, very close, sharing food, sharing drinks, just, you know, just a hotbed, you know, for, for spreading the virus. And so it's, there's a lot of it right there. And so I began to notice that I had some fear coming up about my son being there and um and so immediately what i do when that happens is i i stop i go to the holy spirit and i say okay i see this fear and i and i feel it because i think the course is we have to look at our fear with the holy spirit and i think that looking at it with him means feel it experience it not just as a kind of intellectual exercise but to really get down to it, you know, I'm like, I'm telling you, know, like, whenever I think about that and the idea of my son getting it, because he is in a high risk group, he has a, he's had pneumonia like three or four times in the last year or so. And so, I, you know, I, I think about him dying from this and me not being there to help him and to be with him. And it just terrifies me, you know, so I really give that to him, look at it with him, give it to him. And knowing that he will heal my mind, and that's the miracle, because I can't, I can't make myself not think these things. I can't make myself be healed, but I can know that I want that healing. I do not want to go through this with all that darkness in my mind, which I am sharing with the rest of our shared mind. I don't want to be putting darkness into the mind. At a yeah. time when we need light more than ever. And so and so I I give that to the Holy Spirit and I tell him I I, I want to be clear, I want to be healed of this belief. And I I know that I will receive that miracle because that's what the Holy Spirit's function is. And he's not he does not forget his function. I forget mine sometimes, but he doesn't forget his. And so I stand very firm in that conviction and mm -hmm. trust in that faith. And I say, I am done with this thought. I have no interest in it anymore. It's not relevant to my awakening. I'm done with it. And I'm, let, I'm letting it go. And that, and that was how I came to peace with that. And there are, and it's, this is a very very rich environment for mind healing. You know, yes, indeed. if we use everything that comes into our mind about this and we bring it to the Holy Spirit and accept his healing, then at the other side of this experience, we're going to be so much further along than we were before. 
that's, so, a, that's a beautiful way of seeing it, yes. Yeah, so I, I pay really close attention to that. And, you know, thoughts do come up because you're, you're bombarded by it. But I, you know, I used to, when these, when these dark thoughts would come up, I would be like, oh, no, there's another one of those. I thought I did that, and I would feel guilty. And, of course, that's like taking two steps forward and one step back because we're bringing guilt into it. And at some point, I realized what I was doing, and I let that go. And now, when I find a dark thought that needs to be healed, I am excited. I love it. I am celebrating. I'm putting on a party hat, bringing out the cake, <laughs> the champagne. This is something to celebrate when we find darkness in our mind. Because now, as long as we own it, we don't try to project it onto somebody else, but bring it back to our, to ourselves, no matter what it looks like. Bring it back within and say, okay, this is my thought, my responsibility, and I am using it, and I am happy to see it. And when, when, when we take that attitude, all of this goes so much faster. Yeah, that feels good. It's a very good attitude. Would you like to speak about some profound experiences you had with the Course? You may have had some insights or visions or revelations that have transformed your life forever. Well, I don't tend to have visions. I have, for the most part, my progress has been slow and steady, one step in front of the other, making a and making it not very dramatic, <laughs> but it has just, I will say this, my mind most of the time is clear. I know, I know that the world that we perceive, the world that we have always thought of as real, as being our life is not. And that it is not reality. I'm absolutely certain of that. I know that it's not a thought in my mind. It's not an idea or a concept. I know it's not. Which does not keep me from feeling it and from experiencing it. I'm fully in the world experiencing it. And, and sometimes having an emotional reaction. But almost all the time, my mind is at peace. And I'm very happy. And... This has been, this shift has been occurring very slowly for, for a long time now. And over, I would say, 2012, things sped up of 18, 19. There was so much of a change. And I know there was because I, I write all the time and I keep those writings and I look at them and I, I go back and I see how it was before and I can see now how different it is. But last year, uh, toward July of last year, there was a very perceptible shift into what some people call awakening. And of course, that's a word that has a lot of different meanings for different people. But I will say that the way that I am experiencing it is that it's a spectrum 
So different people experience it in different ways. For me, it was just, it was like, you know, I, I talked about how I just took one, one step after another. Well, I took one more step and everything felt very different. And it didn't mean that everything was undone. I'm still cleaning up stuff in my mind. Like occasionally these, a fear thought will come up about my children or there might be some body identification or what have you, but almost all of it is gone. The grievances, I can't even imagine holding on to a grievance. I might have a judgmental thought in my mind, but it doesn't have anything to stick to anymore. So it just leaves. I can't imagine thinking that I'm a victim. It's funny to think that I'm a victim. And that was my big story. My whole life was what a victim I was. So it's interesting. Um, I, I guilt. And I, I'll tell you about this. This was pretty cool. Guilt was like, that was a huge thing for me, guilt. It's like I felt so much guilt toward myself. But of course, if you feel guilt for yourself, you will also project guilt. It's, it's unavoidable. <clears throat> so because guilt is in your mind. Yes. So I particularly had been working on uh, parental guilt, which a lot of people, almost everyone who's a parent feels that to some degree or another, because no one's perfect in raising their, their children. And so, but I had a lot of parental guilt. And, um, and also I felt guilty because I wasn't a better daughter to my mother who's passed. And so those were the things that would come up, the memories that would recur in my mind. And with those memories would come guilt and shame. And it was miserable. And I, I worked on letting those go. I did a pretty good job, but there were still certain stories that would, that was still, the ego would hook me with those stories. And one of those stories came up. I don't remember which one, but I'm in bed. And, and that was whenever I seemed to be most susceptible to them, I guess, because I'm no longer distracted by the day. And so I'm laying there and I'm thinking about something that happened with one of my kids. And I'm feeling that guilt come again. And I said, oh, my God, I can't take this anymore. I, I just don't want this. I need to let this go. I need help. I want to let it go forever. And the next day when I woke up, I had a strong desire to call someone that I know who's awake and who did so through A Course in Miracles. Um, and her name is Kate Grease from Australia. And so what I did was, because she's in Australia, I, I, text, I messaged her through Facebook and I told her what had happened. And I said, I, I want to be done. How did you do it? And so she talked to me about it and she reminded me that none of this is real and that I cannot be changed. Who I am cannot be changed. This character that I play is just a character. It's not me. And that I'm remaining as God created me. But then she also told me something that happened to her. She used to have the same problem. She had this huge guilt in her. And she said it was like this, this dark hole in her. And she says, I went to Jesus and I talked, I talked to him about it. And I asked him for his help. And she said, I had a vision of him putting his hands, one on either side of that black hole that was in my chest and just 
bringing his hands together. And when they got completely together, the whole was the blackness, the darkness was gone. And she said, it's never returned. And, I, and she says, Myron, she says, you can do this because you will believe Jesus. You will know it's true. So go to him. This will work for you. And so I did, and I didn't have the same vision, but I did tell Jesus what was going on. We talked it out. I told him everything about it. And then I asked him for his healing. And I trust Jesus. I love Jesus. I know he will. I know he is always there for me. And that if he says I'm healed, I'm healed. And the guilt that I've been carrying around for, I'm 70 years old. So this was last year. So it's 69 years I've been carrying around this guilt. Well, most of it, my adult life. And it was just gone. I mean, it just disappeared. This, the, the literal miracle that A Course in Miracles is about. It was just gone and it's never returned. And I think that was maybe the catalyst that caused me to move into that shift toward or into awakening. And so that was the most extraordinary experience that I've had with the course. I've had many, but that was the most extraordinary, the most meaningful to me. And, and the most descriptive of what the course says, it is a course in miracles. And of course, the, the miracle was that change of mind where I let go of this grievance against myself. And now I don't, I don't tend to, I don't, I don't tend to see people guilty because the guilt is not there. Now there are still, there's maybe just, um, I don't know, a little fragment left that every so often some thought of guilt enters my mind, but again, it doesn't stick. You know, it just, it comes, I see it, I'm like, I laugh it away and it's gone. So it made a permanent change in the way I'm thinking, but then that shows up in my life in these much better relationships and happiness and peace. So I get to see it, not only has my mind changed, but I get to witness it as um, situations and and um, experiences within my life. Yeah, that's very, very, very helpful to, to see how that can happen, right, in our lives. Yes. Through, a, through this deep trust and faith in what you're doing and how you are coming to spirit with everything. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's very, very profound. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, you've been sharing since so many years. Have you had any particular feedback that you would like to share with us um, that you got for what you had shared and how it transformed other people's lives? Well, it absolutely has, because I do get a lot of feedback I, even Kate, who I just spoke of, she awakened, oh, I don't know, in 2013, I think. And Kate shared with me that the way she found, the way she came into contact with me is that she read my book. And um, the book is on the first 90 lessons, and it's just from my journal. 
and that was in 2012, so this was an earlier journaling. <clears throat> but she said that when she read it, she kept thinking, how does she do that? How does she have this connection and this conversation with the Holy Spirit? Because Kate had been studying A Course in Miracles on her own and had not had very any contact, uh, you know, up until that point. I think, I don't, I don't know how all of that changed for her, maybe through Facebook or something. But anyway, up in, for a long time, and she did not have help or other people to work with. And she said that she didn't know that that could happen. And so that was, that was a catalyst for her to, to have a different relationship with the Holy Spirit. And then the people that I work with on a daily basis, I have a number of people that I do these courses with. And I have like four or five groups on Facebook. All of them have a thousand to 2000 people in them. Not that they all show up, mind you, but you know, there's just been a lot of traffic through those groups. And I've done, I've gone to conferences speak as I, for a long time, I spoke at international conferences like, I don't know, four or five times, four or five years. I can't remember now. So, you know, I come in contact with a lot of people is what I'm saying. And doing workshops, I've done workshops in different places. And and my the feedback I get is always positive. There, there's always a change because this is what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to wake up and we're supposed to help others to wake up. And so we have many of these little awakening experiences before we actually do wake up. And we share those with us. And then that helps. That helps them. And it helps us. Like, I can be up now. Now I'm pretty much, I'm pretty much level in my, in my emotions and my feelings. Like I don't wake up feeling like, oh, what a day, you know, I don't do that anymore, but I used to. And so there would be days when it would be time. I would, it would be time for me to have a conversation with someone that I'm working with. And I would not, I would not be feeling good myself. I would be maybe going through my own process, trying to let go of something that, that was having trouble letting go of and just not feeling like it. But I never, I never allowed that to stop the conversation. And so what would happen is I would start talking to the other person and in our sharing, I would be healed. And I would get off the phone and I would be like, holy cow, that was great. You know, now I, I understand. Now I've let, let it all go. And so it works both ways all the time. Teacher, student is a very fluid kind of thing. So you teach to learn. As Jesus says in the manual for teachers, you know, his teachers are not perfect. Yes. <laughs> they wouldn't be here if they were perfect. But they come here to teach perfection over and over until they learn it. Beautiful. Yeah. That's a nice way of um, sharing about that. Yeah. We teach what we want. Absolutely. To learn, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I feel that's that's one of the most beautiful things about sharing, right? Is that you both are healed in the process. Yes, every time. Every time, yeah, every time. Yeah. So is, is your process similar to mine? How do you do it? Yeah, um, I, I also am sharing every day. I'm offering this podcast and I'm, and I'm learning step by step. And I know I'm, I have plenty of grievances that come up. So I'm not, and I need to also face them one after the other and allow them to be healed. So yeah, it's similar. I'm not, I'm not necessarily writing a journal like you are, but I am sharing about it. So How about I, meditation? How is meditation med for you? I all meditate. Yeah, I do that. That's, that's I, where I fall. And I have a conver, and I have a conversation with my with uh -huh. spirit. So that's that's something I feel is very powerful to have a conversation. Yeah. And it's becoming ever more obvious that no matter what happens, if I'm getting annoyed about it or angry or whatever, it's always a misinterpretation. So yeah. that's also very, that's the most recent um, stuff that's coming up. Cool. That's great. You know, the, meditation is where I fall short. That's where my practice is now is meditation because I never, ever got the hang of it. And I thought for a long time, I said, I'll never wake up because I can't meditate. And that seemed to be an important part of it. But obviously, that's not, it's not necessary, but it becomes necessary, you know, because I want to go deeper into awakening because we can, you know, we wake up in the world, which means we're just completely aware of what's happening. And a lot of stuff does fall away at that moment. You know, you it's a lot of, a lot of the junk that you thought you you were still working on just falls away, but there's still stuff left, you know, so you still work to be done. And then there's a, there's a movement past that where the mind becomes very clear and we start, you know, it, what it reminds me of is those early lessons, maybe in the forties where Jesus is teaching us to meditate. And he says, you know, sink below your thoughts. And then what does he mm -hmm. say? He says, to reach God. And that is the most profound thing. Sink below your thoughts. So you're in your mind. And he says, sink below your thoughts and you will reach God. I mean, that's just incredible when you think about that. That's unbelievable. It's what yeah. I meant in the, in, the, um, in the Bible when he says uh, the kingdom of heaven is within. This is where we find God is within. And so I want that experience of being able to meditate deeply. I want to, I want to reach God. I want to reach the capitalist self. And I yes. want to live without a self, a sense of self. Because a sense of self is just ego. Yeah, it, it's a, it's a, a very important topic to think about the character right and how that can play out without you having to get into the um, drama yes. and not even 
and I, I haven't done this, so I'm only expressing what somebody else has, has written about their experience of it. But you can reach a place where you just are no self at all. You have no experience of being a self. And because the self is just a layer after layer of ego, of concepts. You know, I am this, I am, I am, a, I am a mother, I'm a grandmother, I'm a teacher, I am. All those I am's add up to Myron, the person that you see here, the personality, I'm a Virgo, you know, and that plays into it. You know, that kind of thing, you know, it's yeah. just all of that. It's a, a heap yeah, of yeah, judgments. Yeah, it is. And to live without that yes. at all. Yeah, I think the I, I think it's about living without judging, right? No judging. So it's it's like let it or or maybe it's just since we're still alive, it's letting go of the judgment in the moment. Yes. Yeah, that's that um judgment, you know, that's that's where the grievances come from, right? <laughs> yes, indeed. And it's also where you start asking yourself, did I do something wrong or did I do something right or this and that, mm -hmm. this judgment. And when, and when you are in this state of trust with spirit, that judgment falls away. Yeah, and you know, he talks about rising above the battleground. So you can get a detachment from the character. When you start to realize, I mean, really know that you are not that character, that you are not that. As Jesus says in, um, in one part of the course, he says, this is an ancient memory you have placed before your eyes. So everything the eyes see is a memory of something that happened and was rejected. It's, it's not, it doesn't exist anymore. And, but we're reviewing it. We're watching it. We're aware of it. So he also says, "You not only <clears throat> are you not the body, you have never been in the body. And he says, at no yes. instant has a body ever existed. So all of this, when you start really getting a feel for that, and you know, oh, this is not me, this, this character that I'm playing, well, then you can look at it with detachment. And, and I can see, I can see this Myron character. This is what she tends to do. And so I can look at that tendency, look at that behavior, look at those words, and without guilt and without fear, just say, okay, that's not helpful. That's not bringing that's not moving closer to God. That's not moving closer to heaven. That's not moving into the light. And then, and then you just know, I don't want that. And that's when things start falling away very easily because you truly, truly don't want it. That's why I can't hold on to a grievance. I mean, it just makes no sense. Yeah, that's beautiful. I mean, I, I think The Course in Miracles is very clear that we have as powerful a will as we need, right? There's no no holding back. Yes. And that's, that's, and that's something that we tend to forget, right? Yes, that's right. We think our will is not powerful enough to to forgive, to 
let go of grievances to allow this natural state of being that spirit offers us to yeah. unfold. We yeah. think we don't have the will to allow that. We don't have the strength to, to accept the atonement for ourselves. Yeah. Yes, you see, and, and that's where the error is because whenever we think we are not strong enough and we don't have the will for it, we're thinking with our ego mind. We're asking the ego another way. Do can I do this? And the ego's like, no. <laughs> because if you yeah. do it, the ego will not exist. So, so it's, <laughs> it's learning to to yes. accept our power. Yes. And to know that it's not coming from our human will. Exactly. It is it's not the same will that, that we have been told is our will. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So we're, we're calling on the strength of God within us, our true will, the will we share with God. And from that will, there we can stand in conviction. We can stand very firm. And we can be uncompromising in that. As yeah, that's Jesus, beautiful. As Jesus says that the, um, this is our kingdom. Our mind is our kingdom. And we rule it. We may be ruling it badly, <laughs> but we rule it. And so we can make a decision. And, and the beauty of it is all we have to do is make that decision. A power decision is incredible. Our power decision, he says, the, he says, the only freedom we've left ourselves is choice. So we get to choose. But he says, that's enough. And so we get to yeah. choose what we're going to believe. And then we can, then we give it to the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit heals our mind. We have to be very careful that we don't start trying to heal ourselves. Yes. He says you cannot heal yourself. He said, do not try to heal yourself and then go to the Holy Spirit. Go to the Holy Spirit with all your crap, you know, <laughs> go to him with all those dark thoughts and all your anger and all your fear and all your guilt. And give it to him and say, now I want to be healed and expect healing. Yeah, it's it's so beautiful how in, in the manual for teachers, Yeshua speaks about how healing has already occurred. We already are completely healed. Yes. Yep. And and this is something that is so so amazing because you may be going through some quite challenging things that you think are impossible to go through or might last too long or you might not be strong enough or this and that and he says you already are healed you are healthy yeah right now yes and so this this idea that the world could be giving me feedback about myself it, it becomes challenged yeah because who i am that's not what the world is depicting. Yes, that's right. That's right. And so I've had people say, well, I, you know, whenever I say I'm uh, healed and whole and the, and the wonderful things the Course says, it doesn't feel right for me to say it because I, it doesn't feel true. But what I remind them of is, no, no, that's the truth. What you're feeling right now is a lie. When you think that you're not 
heal, when you think you're not whole, when you think you're not strong, you're not magnificent and beautiful, that's, when you think that's not true, that's the lie. Yes. The truth is what the Course says. And so I remind myself of that anytime I get mm, confused or, or, or entangled with some ego thought. No, let's remember what's really true. And you know, when he says that you are still as God created you, and what he is telling us is that your awakeness and your sleep are simultaneous, your dream. Your awakeness and your dream are simultaneous. It's like part of your mind, the like, hmm, the like very uh, surface of your mind is dreaming of this world with separate bodies and separate separate goals and all of that, all of this stuff with all everything that comes with separation. You're dreaming that, but at the same time, deep within where he tells us, sink below your thoughts because the world is your thoughts. Without your thoughts, the world would not exist. So he says, sink below your thoughts and you will find God. So your awakened self is within you already. See, they, they exist simultaneously. We talk about awakening as a journey, and that's what it feels like, but it's not a journey. It's an awareness. And we get that awareness by placing our awareness on the truth more and more and more until we finally. That's why A Course in Miracles is so perfect for this, because it's, it tells you, look at your thoughts and let your thoughts be corrected. Let them be healed. Let them be. And he says in the Course, if you will let him, the Holy Spirit will remove it from your mind. I mean, literally remove it, just like he did with my guilt stories. He just removed them. Yeah. In a second, they were gone. And so, so when we don't have all these, when when we have these, this healing, we're no longer interested in those thoughts. And therefore, there's not so, we're not focused on them. And now we're, able to see what's at, what is actually there. Now we're able to see that awakened self, that real self, that true self. Yeah, I think it's so fascinating because when you have glimpses of that, of the, of the who you are, right? Mm -hmm. um, we, we have been so conditioned to believe that that's a, an imagination, a fantasy, a made up world or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. When we get these glimpses of what is true, and it's, it's actually the opposite. Yeah. Because it's so real. And you think that what is so real cannot be true, right? Which yeah. is strange, right? Why can, <laughs> why can you think that what is really feels real is, is the illusion? It's not. That's, what's so, that's something I've been facing a lot because I've had these glimpses, right? And then I... And then you have the world and it's speaking a different language. Yeah. 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 And it's so opposite, isn't it? It's just totally upside down. We're, we're, living, yes, exactly. we're, we're living in backwards world, <laughs> upside down world here. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't fit. Yeah. 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 And we're just confused about which part is real. 
But when we lose interest in the apparent world, then we will become um, able to be aware of what's actually happening of our reality, which is why I'm, I'm so happy. Like right now, during all this stuff with the virus and everything, which is all around me, and everyone I know is all caught up in it, and, and I'm, I'm aware of it, but I am so happy. I am just so happy. And so I guess if, you're, if you've never touched on this information, I, I probably seem very weird. Like, why are you happy? <laughs> I'm sure my kids have that thought. Perhaps, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. I, I think what's what's so cool about it is is that you are staying with what is true, right? Yeah. And that's why you're happy. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm not focused yeah. on the world. I'm aware of it. You know, don't get me wrong. And 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 sometimes I'm affected by it, but mostly not. Because of because that's not where I'm placing my attention. I'm placing my attention on the truth. And I keep my mind filled with the truth all the time, every day. All day long. Yeah, it's 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 more. Yeah, you're bringing the world to the truth that, rather than the other way around, yes. right? Yeah, I'm not asking the world to change. I'm asking my mind to change, and sometimes the world changes with it. But but it is my mind that I care about. That is my only goal: is the peace of God, which means changing my mind about what I see. Yes. So it's also choosing what you see. Yes, where I'm going to focus my attention. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That that's this undoing that the process that the Course in Miracles speaks about, right? Yes. Undoing, forgiving, ex salvation, accepting the atonement—those are all the same thing. Yeah. Okay. They all have the same meaning. They all bring us to the same place. Yeah, I, I would like to speak about another topic about the sense of belonging. Because many people um, feel isolated or not belonging or un, um, unrecognized or unloved or less than or so on. And how the course addresses this issue. A Course in Miracles tells us that we are one. We could never be alone. It's not possible. You know, it talks about private thoughts. He says there are no private thoughts. And why are there no private thoughts? Because we all share the same thoughts. We have one mind. We're drawing from the one mind. There are thoughts all in that mind right now. And so a thought drops into your mind and, and you're, you're, attention it comes into focus for you you can think of it that way it comes into focus for you and you see that thought and you think it's yours <laughs> so it seems like yours but it's not it's just part of the one mind so we're never ever separated from anyone we can only think we are because if we are very identified with our ego self and that includes the body then we think that there's just I'm this body, here I am in my house all by myself and I haven't seen my kids in, you know, like two weeks now. And um, so I could feel lonely, 
but I don't because they, they haven't gone any place. They were always only in my mind. And so they still are. I remember when I first started learning about oneness, I didn't understand it at all. And, and I did, I, I went through a period when I felt a lot of loneliness periodically. And I would ask the Holy Spirit, I'd say, please help me to experience oneness because if I'm, if I'm not never alone, then let me feel like I'm never alone. And it didn't, it didn't yes. happen in that moment. But one day I just realized, oh, I never feel that anymore. I never feel lonely. I never feel like I'm cut off because my body is not in proximity with someone else's body. And so he answered it. It was just a very slow, I don't know. I'm not even going to say slow. It's just not, it was not something that I saw immediately. I didn't realize immediately. And so, uh, so now I don't feel that way. I'm, I, I never really, I don't think, I can't think of the last time I felt alone because I know that what we truly are is not this body. It is, I don't know what you want to call it, spirit, light, love. That's what we really are. And you can't separate that. <laughs> there's no, there's no difference. We, you and I, I'm, I'm assuming are many, many, many miles away in body, but in reality, we're completely joined and connected and never apart. Yeah. So it, it, it's for me, if I, I did not get the full benefit of that until I accepted the metaphysics of the course and began to allow that into my mind and into my heart. I began to open to that, become receptive to it but then once that happened well then that sense of being alone ended yeah that, that's very very helpful i think and the thing is many this feeling of being rejected and so on that goes in here yes. with it right because by the slightest mention of something that might turn into the idea that it could be a grievance oh. right one feels yeah. rejected and th this is the, so to speak, the total antithesis yes. of that, to say we are one and there's, there's no way that anything or anyone could reject you or disappoint you. Or right, well, you else, can't, right? especially if you will just take responsibility for your own feelings. You know, so somebody says something to me and, uh, and it, 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 maybe they meant it as an attack. But if I know who I am, and I do, then I don't see it as an attack. I mean, I don't feel attacked. I'm aware that they want to attack me, but you can't attack somebody if they're unwilling to accept your attack. And it goes the other way as well. So if I, if I did see it as an attack, well, then the natural thing would be defend myself. And if I defend myself, well, then I've taught myself that I'm vulnerable and can be attacked. And now it's just a terrible cycle in which there's nothing except attack and defend, attack and defend. And that's where you start getting your guilt and your grievances and um, you know all the things that make life miserable. And how can you feel one yes. with somebody you're defending against? 
Yes. I think one of the things that I've observed is, is this, how often a, a to defend or attack comes from projections into yeah. the future. Oh, yeah. So, so like I'm projecting into the future, if this goes on like this and that, exactly. that and that will happen. And this terrible thing will happen. And therefore I start to attack or defend sure. myself. And, and that has, that's something that I've observed. Yeah. 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 You so, just described my marriage, you know, when I was married. <laughs> so my husband would do something and I would think, okay, the last time he did this, this is what happened. And it was bad. And so then I would immediately project that into the future. And so here's what's going to happen this time. And so it just, there was no way out of that. That was a loop with no exit. In order to have an exit, we have to be willing at some point to say, okay, enough. And, and one of the things that's helped me is what you mentioned is being in the moment. So when, uh, and I'm going to take the virus thing again, since that's the most recent thing in which I had a reaction, I would, uh, I had a fear thought come up about it. I don't remember what brought it up, something I read in the news or something. And uh, so the, the very first thing I did, and this is what I always do, is I say, okay, what's happening right now? Well, in that moment, I was in my yard, sitting under my tree. It was shady. The wind was blowing. It was warm, but a kind of a cool wind. It was wonderful. I am, every, there's nothing happening except that. That was the only thing that was happening. See, that kind of snaps me out of that thinking, out of that tendency to bring the past into the future. <clears throat> and so, so that's ex an extremely helpful thing to do. And then from that moment when everything is fine, and it's always fine, if I got the virus and I'm sick, well, then that's the only thing that's happening. I'm sick. I don't have miserable i'm just sick mm -hmm. if if the if i died from it well that's the only thing that happened and that's fine too you know it's it's like in the moment everything is fine and so to bring yourself back to that moment is so helpful but to to just realize that when we when we don't do that when we when we stay in that in that cycle we're in hell Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So I don't want to, I don't want to do that. So like, you know, when I was married and I went into that, I just fell into it because my mind would just get so confused and I would just be so completely into it. Then later I was able to undo it. But at the time that was just total confusion. It, it was like, I kept thinking it was his fault and he seemed to justify it so much. He made it so easy for me to justify my own, decision that it was his fault because he kept doing these things you know and so I would think how can I like I would have these thoughts like how can I forgive this because I knew I needed to forgive it I knew that <laughs> you know I knew that was the way out but then I would think how can I forgive this if I forgive it in other words if I let him off the hook he'll just keep doing it well guess what he was going to keep doing it anyway <laughs> yes uh, that's the whole thing so the so we can't no, change people no, and either. even if i could <laughs> i would not have succeeded in anything real because that the beliefs that were keeping me in the loop 
were still in, would still be in my mind. The only way out was to heal my own beliefs. Yeah, it's always bring everything back to me. I don't care what it looks like. If I'm mad at the president, if I think he's being stupid or a jerk or something, I can I immediately bring that back to me. You know what in my mind needs to be healed that I am seeing this son of God as if he's a jerk. You know, what what in me needs to be healed? And I have processes, you know, to work with like that. Like sometimes I do a root cause where you, I just keep asking myself, when I see this in him, it makes me, how does it make me feel? And then why? Why? Why do I feel like that? Why do I feel like that? And why do I feel like that? Until I get down to the root cause. And sometimes I get down to, well, it, 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 it triggers my sense of unworthiness. Or it triggers my belief that I'm not safe. And all of that comes from mm -hmm. the only problem we have, which is we really believe that we separated from God. And now we are bereft. Yeah. We, are, we are empty. We are apart. We're vulnerable. We're weak. You know, I think I separated from God. And, of course, the solution is that we didn't. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I have the impression that the, the idea is that one can do the same as God. And, and then one realizes that's not possible without yeah. being one with God, right? So, so you can't be a separate being and do yeah. the same, but you are not that separate being. So yeah, yeah, that's the do. illusion, isn't it? That we're not. That is the whole problem. That is the only problem we have. Sometimes that can be really helpful too, is just to remember, just to remind yourself. There's no problem. So, so, I, so I've had these these experiences where where everything uh -huh. is wonderful, right? And then there would this this thing in my in the mind would come up and want to do the same, right? Mm -hmm. As if it were not me doing it. It was not happening through me or it wasn't me or whatever, right? As if I was not worthy enough to to identify with yeah. what was going on. And and that that has been something that I've realized is quite phenomenal that comes up again and again, this idea that you'd have to copy God, right? Or something like that, right? Because you are not God or this or that, right? But we are one. And that, that means that that doesn't right. make sense, that argument. You're so right. So responsibility, yeah. you know, that's, I accept responsibility always. If I'm responsible for the whole world that I see. I fully accept that. And my part is my only function is to accept the atonement for whatever it is I see in my own mind. Yes. Mainly shows us that we are our whole, we are innocent, we are holy, we yeah. are magnificent, right? So so the, the what we are actually fearing is is to see how wonderful yeah. we are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because you know, we made an agreement somewhere in that tiny man idea that we would never see that. Because if we, and of course Jesus tells us someplace, I don't remember the exact words, but he says, if we ever saw 
what we are, then, you know, if we ever felt this love of God, that we would be, we would just be compelled to it. And so the whole story would end. Yeah. So the part of the mind that doesn't want the story to end is going to defend against that. And that's why he says, you know, we defend against love. Yeah. Yeah, and that that's what I've been observing. It's always a defense against love, and it's not it's actually not negating love. It's just I'm trying to to slow down things or whatever it thinks that it could yeah. a speed limit in this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Love can be kind of scary sometimes. I think even the, even the pale reflection of love that we have here can be scary. It's like if you love somebody so much, then what happens if they're no longer there? You yeah. know, that, that can come into it. Sometimes how much I love my children would scare me. Because um, what if I lost that child? You know, how could I, how could I live through that? You know, so we start building walls to where we don't love quite so much. Yeah, so this is a very important topic. Yes, I like that. The idea that you could be afraid of love because what happens if if your love doesn't have a recipient anymore? Yeah, see, that's why he talks to us about special relationships, right? Because that's where we take our love and we say, I'm going to put my love on this person. And now this person becomes my love object. And so I think that I get a false connection there in my mind. I have love because I have this person. And yeah. this never really works out because we don't even love the whole person. <laughs> we just love the things about them we like. And then maybe the day comes when they don't give us that. They change. Or maybe you change and we no longer need that. You know, so then we think we've lost love. Like I fell out of love. Like yes. it could be fallen from, like you could lose it. And so that's why it is that um, he tells us to love, you know, love isn't love unless it, it's on, you give it to everyone. Unless it's everywhere. Unless, unless the love has no object. It's simply love. You love whatever is in front of you, which is something that I do all the time. That's another way I pull myself out of distressing ideas. It's like something is happening. And now I'll give you an example. It's kind of funny, really, because it's so silly. But uh, it was a holiday, Thanksgiving, I think. And I, I filled my refrigerator full of all the food I would be taking to my family's house the next day. And, and if I hate it, isn't that just judgment? Isn't that just a grievance? And so let me always go from fear to love, from fear to love. And so I'm just stating my destination right at the very outset. That is my intention. That is my decision. I love it. I think one way uh, Michael Langford described it in his process was, I love that the vase fell and I love that I caught it. So you're not talking about behavior. So the, the refrigerator broke and I, and I got it fixed. But in the process, in every step of the process, I loved everything that was happening. 
Mm-hmm. And at the end of it, I can look back and see how helpful that was. It kept me out of fear. It kept me out of anxiety. It kept me out of anger. You know, so that's that's um, that's another process that I find very, very helpful. Yeah, very beautiful. I, I think that's that's something that has been a little researched upon in psychology, this this um, the atonement, because it's always so much about flight or or fl- uh, or fight or whatever, right? All these ideas, but that there's another way that's called the atonement, accepting the atonement for oneself. That's that's really important, and, and I think that's one of, a very beautiful thing that a Course in Miracle illustrates that so prominently. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then also there's the idea that this is a little harder, but we need the practice. Is that I can forgive this situation because nothing happened, and nothing is happening. So that's a harder one to accept because it seems to be happening. It's like we're having a memory that is so vivid that we've got lost in the memory. So we think it's real instead of being a memory. But we can, but the way that we go to reality is we start practicing it. And so to to remind ourselves as often as we can, um, I forgive this. Not I forgive that it's happening or not that I forgive this person for what they did or the situation for what is, is occurring, but I forgive it because nothing is happening and nothing is occurring. Yeah, I think that comes back to what we were speaking of when you get these glimpses of what is true, right? Yeah. And and then you realize that what's happening has nothing to do with that. Yeah. And the more you realize that it can be true and you can still um, see what's happening and and take action and everything, you 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 can calm down about accepting it as true. Because many, I think one of the fears is that if you accept what is true, you will no longer be able to function in what is not true, right? Yeah, but that's not true because you can. I mean, I think it's fine. In fact, <clears throat> my life just continued without a blip. I mean, it, everything happens just as it happens. I, when, it, when this shift first happened for me, I was making... Um, I was going to a workshop with uh, being given by Regina Dawn Akers, who also has been awake now for several years. And uh, <clears throat> on my way over, it was in a different state and I had to fly. And absolutely everything that could go wrong went wrong. My uh, flight um, got diverted because of weather. We got stuck in this little tiny town where there wasn't even a hotel for us to stay at and I mean it was just one thing after another I wound up I did get back to the airport um after a very long uber drive and expensive and and had this had to had to spend the night in the airport and so all of this is happening and I am just delighted with the whole thing (laughs) I am just as happy as I can be I'm like you know, I never had this experience. I've heard people talk about spending the night in a hotel. I, I mean, in an airport, I got to do it. And I, there was there was nothing. And then in that little hotel where there was no food, there was no, 
there was nothing. And, and so all of us are just sitting in there and everybody's like complaining and stuff. And I am having the best time. I am meeting new people. I'm learning about stuff. This guy has an occupation I've never heard of and he's telling me all about it. You know, so it's how those, those things, which some, which in the past I would have looked at and said, I can't believe this is happening to me. This is terrible. You know, I wish it was different. And none of that was happening. You see, so my life went on. My life did not get perfect, but my interpretation of it was now perfect. And so it was a whole different experience for me. Yeah, that, that, that's, I think, what, what's so important about it is to learn, learn to remember the present, right? To remember this truth and, and be able to see through that using that as your interpretation, right? Yes. Of what's going on. So, I'm not, so basically what I'm doing whenever I, when that happens is I'm just having this continual conversation with the Holy Spirit. I'm saying, what does this mean? What is your interpretation of this event? I'm not aware of saying that, of asking that, but that is what is happening because we are always either asking the ego or asking the Holy Spirit. That is always happening. I don't care what's going on in your life. You are asking one or the other. And whichever one you decide to focus on and believe, that will be your experience. So if I had asked the ego, what does this mean that my plane got diverted and that all this is happening? And the ego would have had a then the ego would have given me a yeah. very dramatic and upsetting story. I didn't. I just yes, indeed. So that's it. That's always the does. You know, it's like when you when you live in the world awake and you're still in the world. So this is not a complete awakening. It's not like awakening from the world of leaving the world entirely. But when you're still here and living awake, that's the only thing that changes. Your life doesn't get smooth and perfect. But your mind does. And so your experience of it will be different. So it's, there's nothing. I know I've had people say, well, I don't know if I want to wake up on it. You know, what I, does that mean I have to die? Well, no, no. You're just staying here awake. You just know what's happening. You know. Yeah. So it's a, it's a yeah. totally joyous you, experience here. Yeah. And you lose nothing. Describing. You lose nothing and you gain so, everything. And I still have the same relationships i still go to my granddaughter and play with her i still have in fact my relationships are even better you know so yeah that that uh, that's an important thing to know right for for those of us who who um are still deciding right yes. whether to awake yes. or not yeah right to 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 know that that yeah. it's a yeah. safe thing and and you don't feel like any is, is honestly, I don't know how it is for other people. For me, it was just like one day I was just doing my processes and trying to experience my life as best I could, you know, my mind as best I could. And then the next day, it was easier. <laughs> yeah, so, so we can actually put as a as a very clear point about it is that it gets very it much simply easier. gets easier. Yeah. Yeah. So it's actually a, a state it, you actually experience. Yeah. And I can't really talk too much past that because I haven't gone a lot past it. It's only been, I've only 
been at this shift now for uh, seven, eight, nine, ten months. You know, so that's not very long. As you as you mature into it, there are probably other changes, but still, I see people I know who've been in it for several years, and they're still living their life, and they're just having more fun with it. Yeah, so that that's that's very very um, yeah relaxing, right? yeah. calming to to. Yeah, think about yeah. it that way, right? There's, there's not you lose nothing, you gain everything. I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think the course says right. We remember everything, right? Because the present is a memory, according to what I've read in the in a Course in Miracles. Yeah, we remember the present. Yeah, which is a, an interesting concept when we have been taught that mem- remembering is something from the past or, or, or something we thought about right. something, right? And now, and now we get told the present is what we can remember. One can't remember anything else. Yes. You know, I have so enjoyed talking to you uh, about all of this. Thank you, Myron, for being with us. And I wish all the listeners the best with this. And till next time. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Yeah. Till next time. (laughs) Bye-bye.